0: This program is paid for by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the values or opinions of 91.5 KUNV or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. morning, Las Vegas. It's Zandra Pollard with It's Where I Am. Today, my guest is stunt coordinator, director, writer, Ben Hernandez-Bray. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here, even in your car, you're here.
1: I can't disappoint Zandra, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. I know, my, I was just telling my wife was saying the same thing, really gonna do it in the car? It's like it's just you know it's it's good to be busy. It's a blessing. So it was just I was just coming out of a production meeting and I wasn't gonna make it home. So
0: (laughs) well, thank you so much. Pull over.
1: No, thank you for having me.
0: So you're working on okay. So you did El Chicano. It was the first uh, Latin superhero movie, and it had George Lopez as one of the actors involved. And so it was a great movie. Are you going to continue with that El Chicano? Are we going to see a number two or?
1: You will. You will. Right now, cool. um, I'm in the works of, of uh, writing uh, another revised version of our continued story of El Chicano, uh, part two. Um, we're also, I'm also working with Joe Carnahan. Who was my co-writer and uh, executive producer on the first uh, the first film, a series called The Shiv, that right now we're pitching over at Netflix. So we're excited about that. Okay. And um, there's a lot happening um, with El Chicano, but yes, there is going to be a part two, part two, and we hope somewhere at the end of next year.
0: Nice. We'll be in prep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: but right now you're working on
1: Big Sky. I'm um, Big Sky. And, yeah, which has been a blast.
0: Okay. Big and, and Big Sky is about human trafficking. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Okay. It's, and it's, it's really nice to see, you know, Kylie, who's part of the show, these two female detectives uh, in this rural town in Montana. It is about, you know, sex, uh, the human trafficking. There's also a human story about the relationship they have together and, and just kind of coping with everyday life also. And just on top of the fact they're investigating, I can't say too much because I'll get in trouble okay. about what's happening with the storyline, but it's a great show. It's a great show with great actors and, a, you know, uh, again, a, g- a great cast, a uh, great crew, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And we're, you know, we're shooting, we actually shoot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the show for that's supposed to take place in Montana.
0: And so you've done a couple of episodes for Big Sky And it's it's about a trucker who is kidnapping or who has kidnapped a couple of girls driving on a on a trip somewhere.
1: Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It has the story now has progressed into the second season. And it's kind of as I, uh, you know, to to use a word of kind of spleened out to other stories, which are really great. And I think the audience and the fans are going to love it again. I can't say too much. As each episode progresses, but the original se- the original uh, storyline from the first season was that, and now it's kind of it's it's uh, it's opened up to like literally four different stories within okay. within an episode, which is really exciting.
0: Wow! And so, isn't it something the storyline? Right? Um, we're going to yeah. have a guest on later on, Shatona Nelson, who's going to be talking about human trafficking, and she works on the federal level with human trafficking. Oh, wow. Yes. And so we're going to speak to her and find out, you know, what's going on, what she's working on and and such. But for now, I was really excited to have you on, one, because of the El Chicano film, two, because you're working on Big Sky that's dealing with a real-life situation. But I also wanted to talk to you about how you got into directing. So I was reading about you and that, you know, the trauma of, you know, you lost your brother to gang violence, and then you started boxing, and you became a stunt coordinator, correct? And you've won some awards. Yeah. So, so that's a lot I, I just put out there. So I think it's very interesting that, you know, it, it's great that we have more representation. Um, and I love that you are putting your flavor on Big Sky. So how did you take this journey? What was that like for you?
1: It, it, God, it, if, if you would have told me when I was 20 years old what this journey was going to be, I wouldn't believe you. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a wild ride uh, and, and, a, and a blessing of a ride. It literally, you know, I, I grew up, I had family in San Fernando, Pacoima, Silmar, all in the San Fernando Valley we were raised in. I was born in Panorama City, raised in Van Nuys. I have I have family in East Los Angeles, so you know I I'm half American, half Mexican. Uh, my father was never around, so it was my mother and my grandmother that raised me. They were both from Durango, Mexico. I grew up in a typical Latino Catholic family, family of six, and um, and we struggled. You know, we we got by with with you know. Uh, Government funding, we were on welfare. We had a very hard upbringing. It was, it was tough for my mom. You know, everything you hear about, you know, the lower class, uh, which I'm very proud of because it made me who I am today. But, you know, we lived off, you know, the government cheese, the, the free milk, uh, food stamps, welfare, anything that we could to get by as my mom struggled to make ends meet. Yeah. And we grew up in it, what people say, the ghetto, the hood, we call it the barrio, you know, and, and that's where I grew up. And, you know, we struggled with gang violence and and exposed to drugs and all those temptations. And my mom was tough. She kept us clean. And and uh, as I went through high school, I was I was trying to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a couple of jobs and I was I was an English major at a junior college. Uh, I was I was I was also boxing, not not. Not too competitively, you know, just more like sparring and, and working out. My brother was on the U.S. Olympic team with Oscar De La Hoya and Shane Mosley. Okay. He was one of the best in the world. So actually it was a real blessing because <laughs> I was okay. But then you see my younger brother, mm-hmm. who is at the elite level, it's like I realized, okay, this is – this is. I, I love fighting. It, it, it's my first love. Boxing is always going to be my first love. And it's how it got me into business. But – um I knew I, tried to, I had to figure something else out to do as a living. I knew like mm-hmm. what I saw my brother doing, there was no way I was going to be at that level. Didn't know what it was, okay. but I just kept training and figuring it out. And I was at a boxing gym in Van Nuys, actually the JET Center, Benny and gym. And uh, a director and a stunt coordinator walked in and saw me hitting the bag okay. and asked me to audition for this part. And I, I, I said, OK, cool. Yeah, sure. Got in the ring with my younger brother. And we, we just put a fight together as we did when we were kids in the, in the living room at home. And uh, I got a call the next day and, and I booked it. It was a director named Nigel Dick, who, uh, who was a British director. And, and the reason why they were looking instead of a stuntman, uh, they wanted a, a real fighter, someone that knew how to box and move around because the, one of the lead actors was Gary Stretch, who actually was the junior uh, welterweight champion in, in England. So they wanted someone to match, you know, uh, the mobility and movement and make it look real. Yeah. So when that happened, I just met all these stuntmen, a lot of Mexican stuntmen, brown, we used to call each other brown guys. And uh, had no idea that this, I knew the job existed, uh, but had no idea how I was going to fall into that. So I met these wonderful guys who took me under their wing and taught me the business. I was like, wow, I just I got the bug. And then uh, I learned how to slide cars and do high falls and fire burns and uh, wire work. And um, it started my career. And I learned as I went. I learned by watching and doing. That was my school. And then from there, I had some wonderful people in my life. Uh, one, Ron Stein, who uh, was the president of Stunts Unlimited at the time. He really treated me as his son. It was like, he was like my second dad. And this this other gentleman by the name of he used to call him Big Buck, Steve Buckingham. He was, he was from Compton, big African-American guy. He actually used to train me as a fighter, but he was also a stuntman. So there are these two dynamics, these two guys that really took me under their wing and taught me the business. And what I was taught very early on is to be a stuntman is like being an athlete. You can only do this for so long. So learn camera. Learn what to do behind camera. Because eventually you're going to hang up those stunt pads, Okay. And the next generation is coming, it's just like a, a ball player, football, baseball, basketball, the same deal. And I really wanted to stay in the business. So once I, I paid my dues as a stuntman, I transitioned into becoming a stunt coordinator. And to make that a long story short, um, I had a very successful career. I, th- this is where I met my second set of mentors, okay. which were David O'Russell and Joe Carnahan. David I met on Three Kings. And I should also say Dan Bradley was another, another stunt coordinator who really gave me some great opportunities and actually got me my SAG card. Dan brought me in on, on uh, Three Kings, and I met David O. Russell, and we just hit it off. He was a big Boxy fan. He was a big Muhammad Ali fan. And he knew about my brother. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, you know, he put me in this part with George Clooney and Three Kings, and we kept in touch. We started training together after the movie ended while he was editing here in Hollywood, Warner Brothers Hollywood. And we just built this bond. And he just asked me what I want to do. And I said, I want to eventually coordinate. I want to direct second unit. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to eventually tell stories and direct. So he was my kind of guiding light. And through him, I met Joe Carnahan. And next thing you know, I'm directing second unit for all of David's films. So I did The Fighter. I directed second unit for The Fighter, uh, Silver Lines Playbook, American Hustle, Joy. And for Joe Carnahan, I did The A-Team, The Grey, Smoking Aces and uh that's the stretch. one you
0: won an award
1: for right the smoking yeah. aces yeah
0: yes yeah, yeah. So but with all of crazy. that like when when did you lose your brother your friend when when did that now, happen
1: i I lost him it's been now it's been 15 years 15 and a half years okay. I lost him when we were in the middle of filming smoking aces he had uh oh. you know it's just my mom was tough man you know she she did the best i think he was my baby brother and and you know I, god bless her you know it's like we're we're only we're human so it, it's really tough he was the youngest, so there was there was five other ones she had to go through to keep them in line sure and by the time she got to my brother she, she was tired, tired. It, yeah, yeah i had four she was really tired <laughs> yes yeah it's exhausting. And uh, she did, she fought the good fight did the best she can. But my, my brother also had the personality that he loved that life. He loved hanging out with the homeboys and being out in the streets. And, and we all talked to him. Yeah, You know, we had, there was me and my brother, John and Frank. We, we did our best to always talk to him and do try you to, think... st- you know, him in the right area.
0: Sure. Do, do you think that um, that helped you with your writing process? You know, absent father, loss of your brother, um, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, m- most yeah, most definitely. Um, because El
0: Chicano deals with two brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 one-
1: and that's where the story came from. Okay. Yeah. So, can um, you still was-
0: check out El Chicano on Netflix? Because I know that's where I saw it a, a few years ago. Uh, is it still there? It's still on
1: Netflix. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. It, I think it's on Hulu now um, and also iTunes. It's on iTunes okay. for Apple. So, yeah, it's been really cool. But, yeah, it was, um, you know, losing my brother was, you know, it's always tragic. You, never, yeah. you always think that your brother and sister is going to be around forever. And it's just heartbreaking. And what happened was is I started, I, I kind of started writing a memoir of how I was dealing with his death, mm-hmm. how my brothers and sisters were dealing with his death, and most importantly, my mother, having to bury a child. And um, it was it was tough. and that's kind of what formed El Chicano, the theme of it. Um, the El Chicano, the character itself itself was created for the fact that I always felt like maybe if my brother Craig would have had my father or a father figure.
0: Yeah, those would he'd ex-
1: still be alive. Sure. And so it was I was writing writing that character was kind of a theme of like a metaphor of not having a dad. What if we had this kind of character that we could look up to in the neighborhood okay. that would, you know, you know, fight the bad and give back to the good, you know. And uh, and that's how EC was created, you know, off of, unfortunately, my brother's tragedy that kind of formed this whole big story. And and sure. and, and, and unfortunately, uh, and having somebody like Joe Carnahan who helped, you know, get me where I needed to get to get the movie done. Nice. You know, so, it's yeah. It's been well, a blessing. I-
0: I know I'll be looking forward to part two, the continuation of El Thank Chicano. Uh, is yes, there? Yes. Is there, hey, this is for La Raza. Did I say it right? That's right, baby.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you
0: did. You did. Is there anything else you want our uh, listeners to know?
1: You know what? I think uh, I, I'm Mexican-American. You know, I, I grew up in the hood, in the ghetto, the barrio. You know, however you want to. Uh, and and I, I want people to identify that. Where we come from, especially for me, I'm talking about the, the, the people, the gente of any color in any race that, you know, that have had financial struggles and wanting to be in this business that you can do this. You can think outside the box. That's right. You don't have to necessarily go to school. You don't have to, you know, everybody always asks me, Oh, what film school did you go to? You know, uh, you know, what workshops? Like I did none of that. I said, I got myself in the business when I was 20 years old and I learned and watched on set. That was, that was my school. And I trusted my instincts and, you know, and you fight the good fight and it's tough for people, minorities, people of color. It's, it's still, I, in fact, when I was on set on Big Sky, you know, you have some Chicanos, some Mexicanos that are working, that are from Albuquerque and Santa Fe. And they're always shocked to go, man, it's so good to see you. And yes. I'm, like, I'm like, so good to see you. I'm like, I'm sorry, do I know you? And it's like, oh, my bad. You know, I meet so many people. And he's like, no, you, you as, as a minority, as a Mexican American, we don't see any of you. And it's true. Even when I was an actor at one time and, and a stunt actor, I might have met one right. Mexican director. Um, I think I worked with one at that time for me in the early nineties, one female director, one African-American director. I mean, it's, 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 and it's still, it, it's, it's getting it's better. But it's very limited. Right. Yes. Right. We're getting and then there. We, and we, we got to push, we got to push. We have stories. That's we right. have the talent and the ability to tell stories, uh, that, uh, especially television shows that have been created by, by, uh, somebody else Absolutely. and we can put our flavor on that's you know? right so i think that's what i want to say i feel like i'm proud to say that every time i set, I, I i step onto a set directing now i feel like i'm i'm making history for the next generation i'm chipping away to the diversity yes and and i'm letting people know that yeah you can do this if you would have saw me 30 years ago where i was at living in the hood and now I'm yelling action and, and yes. talking to actors and it's a, ble- man, it's a blessing, man. Awesome. It's, it's a, uh, thank you, God, you know, and anybody can do it. That's anybody right. can do it. I'm next. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's right.
0: Wait. So when, when, can we catch blues? Uh, excuse
1: me. When can we catch Big Sky? Big Sky's on, I think now it's, it's, I think, is it, is it Thursdays at eight o'clock? No, Thursdays at 10 p.m. I'm okay. oh, horrible on ABC. Okay. Uh, Keep watching, man! It is a great season with some great directors and uh, producers. Uh, that that uh, Jeff Thomas, our producer and director, that's on there, um,
0: and from the creator of Big Little Lies, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. El- Elwood's amazing. Uh, you know, other producers like Julian. Just there's just a great group of individuals that are just extremely talented and are also giving opportunities which which i'm a huge fan of the show not only the show and them for minorities they're just they're out there you know we have uh you know darren grant who's african-american who's off doing uh, i think billionaires right now in new york is doing two episodes uh this season uh we have some wonderful female directors that are coming in Mm -hmm. uh lisa leone who just did one uh she's amazing it's like these are the kind of people that we need to back us. You know, Elwood Reed is is giving opportunities uh, to have people of color in and say, yeah, man, you can, you can do this. You can tell these stories and uh, we're happy to have you. So it's, it's been great. It's been fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank you again for being here, Ben and uh you you're so more much. than welcome to come back and keep us updated on to, what's going on
1: I, I gotta come back now yes. i gotta come back yes because i want the background to be my office with the el chicano poster in the Absolutely. background right now my wife is not happy that i'm in the car and <laughs> neither am i <laughs> i know i know i'm sorry but until next and I apologize time to your fans
0: until That's next time
1: again. okay next time
0: thank you ben
1: thank you so much
0: Okay, Shatona, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So it's so interesting. I, ha- I thank you so much for being here because I called you at the last minute because my last guest was uh, the director of Big Sky. And they the, the show is about human trafficking. And you were a guest, well, I think it was last year or earlier in the year, and you were telling us your personal story and that now you are working on the federal level with human trafficking. Tell us more about that. Refresh
2: our memories. How are you involved? Give it to us. (laughs) Okay. So when it comes to trafficking, it's so complicated because there are different types of trafficking. Sure. Although people only know about sex trafficking for the most part. Correct. Um, So for me, I have a background um, that was very violent where I was raped. Um, And I could always identify with victims. So that would begin me starting with the local precincts who would call me if they would have a victim. That would be hard to talk to about rape. Uh, Most victims don't really like to talk to people who haven't experienced what they've experienced. They don't like to be judged. Um, I would at some point meet a person who was not just sexually assaulted, but we would find out um, the person whom she thought she was married to was trafficking her. Um, she didn't even know what it was. Okay, um, That would, um, I would start working with the police department on that, and that would lead to me working, one, at the state level. They would call me for different cases, and then at some point it would become um, federal people. I would just get to know them, federal agents, whether that was national boards, um, like Polaris is one, um, or rather it was just FBI agents who were just in territories who, you know, they like to have people who know what they're doing, talk to specific people and things of that sort. So that is still my involvement to this day. I do a lot here in the Houston area to help with trafficking, not just sexual trafficking. Um, I do a lot to help identify victims, to speak to victims, to get them to speak to police officers that, in fact, then they pursue cases.
0: So when you say human trafficking, what does that all encompass?
2: Human trafficking is a really broad thing, but it's a really new thing. So it's ever evolving. Right. Human trafficking looks all kinds of ways. It looks like getting immigrants to work. Um, you, you take them who are very new, who don't necessarily speak languages. They will tell them, hey, um, I'm going to pay you for special opportunities or you can pay us to do special opportunities. And that turns into a, se- a slavery type situation. Okay. You, you also have um, trafficking that comes from Internet, the dark web, where there are lurkers who look at the dark web at h- usually high school students, girls that say, oh, I'm going to be a model because I talked to this guy online that promised me a modeling career. But in in fact, he's actually trafficking her. And then you have a really broad branch where they actually take women, take children, take people from where they are, and they ship them somewhere else to be sold, usually for sex purposes or working purposes. So trafficking is really, really broad.
0: Okay. And also, I think I was reading about uh, organs and stuff are involved too, like people taking
2: organ harvesting. That's right. Okay. they will do that too um, uh, and most cases when you think about trafficking is they sell these people or they they take people somewhere and you never you never see them again and um a lot of cases, they're alive for for decades working, but in some cases, they do absolutely kill them, and in other cases, they only traffic people just for their body parts.
0: Oh wow, that's deep. Um, so how can we protect ourselves?
2: Knowledge. People ask me that all the time. They say, well, it sounds scary. You're telling me uh, someone can marry a man who she thinks her husband and then he's just passing her through friends and that's trafficking. Like, yeah, you're telling me my kids can be on the internet selling pictures and technically that can be counted as a sense of trafficking or lead to trafficking. Yes. Mm. But if you don't know what trafficking is you cannot combat it the very first thing that i tell everyone and anyone is trafficking should be something we talk about to the masses because education teaches you a lot so you know what the signs look like as an immigrant as a child as a parent right um anybody who suffered abuse they need to know because anyone in a marginalized community are more likely to be trafficked so african-american community LG, um, BG, the lesbian, Q+. gay community, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're more likely to be. So you need to know that. So number one is education. When you get education on it, then you know there are groups all over the United States, um, federal level, um, right there in your backyard of organizations that look out for it. You can start reporting people when you see people with suspicious activity or saying things they shouldn't say. Um, A lot of traffickers are teachers. They found that they Mm. infiltrate the school systems now. Wow. Okay. Or entertainment industry. So you want to get educated on it and you want to just be aware of what's happening and you want to report that to your local offices. And if you're like me and you just really, really want to get involved, then you find organizations and groups that you can connect to to volunteer or just to understand what's happening. And my last one and always the biggest one, I tell people this all the time, Surveillance of your kids and of your home. It's fine to have alarm systems. It's fine to have trackers on your kids' phones, even if it's just where's my iPhone and husbands and wives, family sharing locations with each other. That's something we should all constantly do. Someone should always know where you are. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That's a lot to take in.
0: So what are some of these uh, places you said that we can get involved Polaris was one. Um, What are the others? Because I want to have
2: something posted on my website. So you tell me. So what, this is the best way to do it. So trafficking isn't one of the things that you Google and you don't find real resources. Okay. There are such an array of resources, literally typing in trafficking organizations will give you so many different lists and organizations and generally specific to where you are, Okay, right? If you're in Vegas, you definitely want to be putting up things about Vegas. If you're in Houston, you want to be you want to put it up about Houston. But there is a trafficking national database. But mm-hmm. for me, what makes the most sense is to be aware of your area. I live in Houston. I know Houston is one of the most. Uh, is one of the biggest cities in the nation, which obviously trafficking would be huge here. Atlanta, hot ticket spots. You need to know where you live and where you rank. And right? I'm sure Las Vegas. Hello. Oh yeah. Like I think yeah um, we are in the top five. Vegas, Atlanta, New York, Houston. Um definitely like top five. That's right. All right. Well I'll
0: have something on the website. It's where I am dot com. Uh we'll post something you know, so that you can get involved, so that you can gain that knowledge. Uh, Is there anything else you want our listeners to know, Shatona, before I let you go?
2: I just want anyone who's maybe watching it, who is scared, who needs um, any kind of help, or who is suspicious, trust your gut and never be afraid to get help. It's better to get help and take that chance than to be taken or something to happen to you and you never stand a chance. And that's what I try to tell people more than anything else. Get help.
0: Thank you so much. Now, you know, before I do let you go, you told me you were working on a project. You're doing a documentary
2: on human trafficking. trafficking. Yeah, so right now I am putting together a docu-series. And it is pretty much based on trafficking and the education of trafficking. Um, It is a project that kind of fell into my lap. Um, I was doing so many things with, with trafficking, and then at some point, one of the ladies said, you know, Shatana, it's like we have a duty. She's she's a victim, um, and she survived it, and she was like, let's do something with it, and I was already in the TV realm, and I just kind of threw, threw it out to some different networks and production companies, and, and most of them jumped on it. I took the better offer, and I'm actually working on that right now.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for all that you do, Shatona. Thank you for being here. For having me. Thank you. Thank you.